Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody, this is Invest Talk, and it is Tuesday, November 9th, 2021. Well, the days are rolling by, and the, we are fast approaching the most American of holidays, Thanksgiving. And as I told you before, it's my favorite. And uh, that's coming up in what, two weeks or so? Oh. It doesn't matter, holiday or not, we the task of building and preserving and growing your portfolio never changes. It's still there, and we'll, we'll always... Always be doing this show to help you with it. Not be doing it on Thanksgiving Day, but we will have a show ready for you. We really will. So, our mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. We start off with that almost every day. Well, not almost, every day. And, of course, I, you know, this is the one thing I want to make sure you understand is that it's all about giving you fair, unbiased complete as possible information you might need to make better decisions on your investments. Most people call up about individual stocks, but you don't have to do that. You can call up about philosophies, techniques, uh, methodologies, anything you want to talk about, 401ks, IRAs, whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's financial, we'll go there. But I just want to assure you that we are going to give you the facts as we know them. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to call me Give me your questions. You drive the show in the direction you want it to go with your questions. So give me a call. We're live every day, Monday through Friday. Why not call? If you have a question, just call. Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time. Same number's been on for well over 20 years, 22 years, 23 years, something like that. The number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. You can call right now with any financial question. Again, we're open Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 Pacific time, live. Now, you can ask your questions anytime you want after that live show, and we will get to your questions and replay it on the show and answer it. So please don't hesitate to call even after hours. So here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Nick in Nebraska. Wanted to ask a quick question about a Roth IRA account that I have some stocks in. Back during the shutdown of 2020, I bought 10 shares of Avis at $10 a piece, and today they were up at $360. So I figured it would be a good time to sell at least one of those shares. So I did. But I was curious, being that it's a Roth IRA, my understanding is that that's 
for retirement, so am I going to incur a penalty because I sold something before retirement? Just curious as to the answer on something like that. I'll look forward to hearing from you on the podcast. Thank you. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, you don't pay any taxes on a Roth IRA. So all the growth that you just had on that very good pick that you did, you will never have to pay taxes, and you can sell it anytime you want to. You can buy and sell in your IRA and your Roth IRA and not pay taxes on the capital gains. The beauty about a Roth is you never have to pay taxes on that money. Never. At a regular IRA, when you start withdrawing it in, at retirement age, that money you withdraw in the year that you withdraw it, however much, is added to your adjusted gross income for that year, and you have to pay income tax on it. So the Roth never. Regular IRA, yes, you have to pay an income tax when you start drawing it out. And you can't not draw it out. They force you at age 72 to, ha- to start taking that money out. It used to be 70. They changed it to 70 years old. Now it's 72 years old. So, no, don't worry about paying taxes on either one of those. Capital gain taxes don't apply. Okay, good question, though. Thank you for asking. My focus point today concerns the story behind the headline. Four S&P sectors hit new highs. Hit new highs. Do you know what sectors those are? You know, one of the things, as a, uh, if you're managing your money, one of the things you must do as your manager of your own funds is understand sector rotations, what companies exist in which sectors, and when do, which sectors were best in what part of an economic cycle. Therefore, you have to learn what the economic cycle is. Do you know what part of the economic cycle we're in right now? And do you know what sectors are working? Well, that's going to be part of... Uh, my main focus point today. So we'll talk about that. Other topics I want to discuss, you know, I always, well, I do a lot of reading every day. And when I do that reading, I make notes on things that I think I want to share with you. Uh, Consumer spending. I want to talk about that for for a minute or two. Uh, Investors are much more worried about inflation than the Fed. I've talked about that before. I mentioned it last week. But now I have a little bit more information I want to share. And China power, China's property values falls. Again, the, the companies, uh, the big construction companies, the big uh, builders in China, fell hard. I want to talk about that. We mentioned and discussed the Evergrade, Evergrande, Evergrande debacle with $350 billion in debt that they're defaulting on some of their payments, well, it's getting worse. It's spreading. This is an issue that could affect us here in the United States. I want to talk about that a little bit. The market of South Day today was down. The Dow was down 112 points, and NASDAQ down 96, and the SP down 16. But it has been, you know, been in an upward move. It's broke above its old high, so it's on another upward leg. And this is the time of the year that generally does have an upward leg. It's not unusual. You know, the last month and the first month of the year and the first couple, three months of the year, usually best time. Okay? October, November, December. Last three months and the first three months. That span is usually the best time for markets, for the stock market. And there's various reasons, and no one really knows for sure why, but that's just historically it has been so. 
You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. So, we must all learn to manage our fear and greed. The only two emotions that matter to the market, fear and greed. Don't let them make the decisions for you. You can do this. I'll say, give it a call. We'll talk about it. 888-99-CHART. Do you have a trust or a will? You should. Whether you're young or older, without the proper instrument in place, your accumulated wealth is at risk if you become incapacitated or worse. Like many investors, you'll have questions about how best to create your will and trust. This Thursday, November 11th, Justin Klein will play a special will and trust expert interview segment on Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your finance and investment questions, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Bennett in Georgia. Hi, Bennett. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Um, I'm just calling about uh, PayPal. Um, I own about a couple shares at around 245 a share, and... I've seen recently they've been dropping dramatically. Um, I was just wondering what I should do. I've been owning these shares for about a couple months now, and I just don't know if I should pick up some more or I should just get out or what the long-term prospects look like. I was just wondering if you could take a look. The long-term prospects look pretty healthy for PayPal, but the short-term prospects don't look as rosy as it did before. Mind you, they're still going to grow after some some concerns. They're still going to grow about 18%. For the year, it's not like, oh gosh, their earnings are going to go down. No, oh gosh, their sales are going to go down. No, yeah, they're not going to shrink. They're just not going to grow as fast. And because of that, the stock got hit. Why? Well, because they're only going to make five dollars and eighty-seven cents next year after making four seventy-one this year. That's a great increase of twenty-five percent. But five dollars and eighty-seven cents on a two hundred and five-dollar stock is still expensive. Right? Think about that. What is that? Okay, well, a 10 PE would give this uh, stock 50, right? $58. 20 PE, double that. This is like a 40 price earnings ratio, which is very, very high. Now, it's okay if the company's growing 25, 35%, but the company's only going to grow its sales probably 15 to 20%. So, all it is is a realization that. It's not as high growth as it was before, but the stock is still very sound and still growing. If you were patient and just held on to it over the next five years, you should make lots of money. But you got to be patient. You know, and the $245, it was just a very expensive stock. See, I, you hear me talk about it, Bennett, on the radio. I say, well, uh, yeah, this is a great company, but it is pretty expensive. And that's what PayPal was. Expensive compared to its growth and earnings. See, there's certain standardizations in those numbers, and the overall S&P 500 P ratio is 15. This one's 40, 40. Well, how do you justify that with high growth? It's got to be higher than 15% growth or 20% growth. It's got to be 30, 40% growth, which it was. See, so anyways, that's why, Bennett. It's nothing to worry about if you're a long-term holder. 
you're a trader, yeah, it, it might show some more weakness in short term. More weakness. Jeff in Oceanside. How are you doing, Jeff? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for the call. Oh, hey, I bought this UUUU uh, stock for a long-term hold. Can you uh-huh. give me your thoughts on it? I like it. We own several uranium companies ourselves on our managed accounts engaged in the exploration of uranium properties in Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Wyoming, and New Mexico. Okay, so it's not a huge company. It's a $1.6 billion company, meaning it's a small cap, but it's not tiny either. Um, They don't make any money. That's one of the reasons why we don't own this particular one. They don't make any money, even though their sales grew 47% in the most recent quarter. Sales have turned around in the recent couple of quarters, but they still don't make money. They look, they're they're um, going to lose 19 cents a share this year, and then lose eight cents a share next year. It's a ten dollars and ninety seven cent stock. It was a dollar fifty in what December. So that's yeah. had a great run. <laughs> I mean, that is a huge run, right? I mean, thousand percent run. So. Um, uh, we don't own it because it didn't make money. That's why we bought other ones that make money. Okay. So. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Jeff. That's uh, Energy Fuels Inc. U U U U. Four U's is the symbol. Okay, and they're a uranium mining company. Uh, I think, and you've heard me on this show say that uh, I think clean energy using nuclear power might be the future because we need a lot more electricity to power the electric car revolution. And it's just begun, the electric car revolution. Just tiny. Was it 2 3% of the market right now? That's going to be 50 80% of the market 20 years, 30 years from now. Hundreds of millions of cars running on electricity. Got to get that electricity somewhere. Now, move quickly, we'll get another caller in. This came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hey, I was looking to buy Norton LifeLock, ticker M-L-O-K, as a long-term hold, but wanted to see what you guys thought of it. Thank you. Well, I like where it is. In the security, computer software security sector, uh, Norton LifeLock, Inc., NLOK develops internet network security storage systems and management applications for consumers and enterprises. It's going to make $1.91 next year. It's a $25 stock. So what, a 14, 15 PE, pretty reasonable with about 10, 12% growth. I, I kind of, it's not bad. It's not the best. It pays a 2% dividend. I kind of like it. Okay. We're headed into a quick break, but my phone lines are open and we are ready to answer your questions, any financial investment questions you have here on Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hey guys, this is Joe from Lake Jackson, Texas, south of Houston. And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. What's your question? 888 99Chart. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? 
Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Paul in Alabama. I've been listening to your comments recently about being kind of bullish on uh, natural gas long term. Uh, I do own some petroleum stocks and some of the support companies like Schlumberger and that. But should I wait a little bit for the prices to come down? They seem to have a pretty good run over the past several months. So should I wait for a better buying opportunity to get into something like EOG? Or should I just go ahead and do it now? Thanks. Um, I think I would wait for a pullback and either, you know, we've had a very good run in natural gas, right? I mean, but nothing goes up straight in a straight line. And uh, EOD, for instance, did have a pullback in October uh, from 6 down to 540, where it found support. Now it's at 583. So if it breaks above 6, I'd probably go ahead and buy it because it's a breakout. That's a lot of a lot of resistance at $6. So I'd wait for either a pullback into the 550 area or a breakout above six if you're talking about EOD, WF Golden Dividend Opportunities, um, uh, ETF. Um, so that, uh, that's a closed-in fund, matter of fact, not even an opened-end ETF. I would wait for a pullback to try to get it at better prices. I don't like to buy uh, when something's already made a pretty strong run. And sometimes I miss out because it continues to make that run. Trust me, I, I understand that. But, you know, I know we can't all buy at the bottom. That's not happening. But charting really helps you decide where and when to buy things. So, you know, I, I would follow a chart on the various stocks you're following and buy them on pullbacks or breakouts. That's what they call those things. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, my focus point today Sectors. We're talking about sectors. Four S&P sectors hit new highs. Two traders picked their favorites. One, okay, here, what are the sectors? Industrials, consumer staples, consumer discretionary, and technology. Those are the four sectors that are breaking the new highs. Technology is still there. I mean, it has been running for quite some time. Now, uh, one of these experts in this article says he would, he would stick with the technology sector. He's... Very high on that. The other, uh, he's, he wants uh, industrials because he feels that there's very good value and great growth prospects there. And I'm kind of on his side. I'm not saying get out of or avoid technic- uh, tech sector. I'm saying that that has had such a fantastic run. It's hard to find value there, and I'd like to buy value. I don't always have to have value, but I'd like to buy value buy value, and you can find it much easier in industrials than in technology. So that would be my suggestion. The other doesn't mean you can't, you know, get something in consumer staples or consumer discretionary. You can. You just got to be a little bit particular about what you're buying. Just go buy things because it's running up. That's, That's usually a mistake. Usually is an error. Okay, because you're chasing performance. Generally, what, you know what that really boils down to is you're, you're buying into greed. You know it's run up. You want to get maybe part of it. Same with technology. You've seen it's run up. You want to be part of it. That's a normal human response. So, But you want to make a more rational decision, not an emotional decision. And I think we all do that. And if you're an investor, you have to learn to do that. It's very, very important. 
888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's go take another voicemail. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I own some gold stocks, uh, but want to make a play in silver. I'm interested in purchasing SSRM. It's SSR Mining Inc. Please let me know what you think. Thanks for all you guys do. I really appreciate it. Well, it looks kind of good. SSRM is a Canadian company engaged in silver and gold exploration in Peru, U.S., Mexico, Chile, and Argentina. Funny, why, why is it a Canadian company and it's not mining in Canada? <laughs> I don't get that. That's not unusual, by the way. Uh, they're going to make $1.65 this year and $1.60 next year, so less. Sales growth has been pretty spectacular for the first three quarters of this year, over 100% per quarter. And the third quarter was 300% growth in sales. But the most recent quarter, only 43% growth in sales. It's a $17.66, so the P.E. ratio is what? 11? And the range is 7 to 54. Turn equity is a little low at 9%. I don't care for that. And it's only 1.1% dividend yield. So, but it doesn't have much debt. Management owns 1%. It's a $3.8 billion company. I kind of like it. I think it, I think it will have its own, it's run. If, if precious metals runs, this will, this will participate. The high, it was back in, uh, it got to a, what, a 20, let me see if I can find that. Act number. Uh, the high was uh, 23, 24, 23, 20, 23, 27, and it's at 1766. That was about a year ago or so. Okay. The more money you earn over your lifetime, the more money you can funnel into investing. So how you plan and execute your career path is an essential component in building your personal wealth. You have to make yourself valuable to employers if you're going to work for somebody or to yourself if you're going to become self-employed. You have to be valuable in some way, shape, or no. You have to have special knowledge. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name the six stages of career growth? After break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are busy or open. 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. 
AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Time is getting closer. The free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World, Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. It's free, but you have to register in advance. Go to investtalk.com, click on the register button. Now, Steve and Justin are taking your calls live. 888 99 Chart. 888-992-4278. Love for you to give me a call. Talk about anything financial. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question for you. Are you ready for it? Can you name the six stages of career growth? That's the question. Because, you know, as you work and you're working life, things change. You take on more responsibility and things change. Well, when you're the first stage is when you're a, what we call a follower. This is typically associated with your first internship at your from college or your first job in a particular career. Then you're a collaborator. Okay, this means you're working with others in a group, and your know, technical skill sets are developed and shared. Then you're an instructor. You've moved from developing your skills to now you have skills you can share with other people. Usually, this makes you a group leader or a team leader in different projects. Then you're a manager. Now you're you've got bigger and better objectives than an instructor does. You are the manager. Then influencer. Now you have special knowledge and special skill sets, and now you're taking them into a more um, challenging direction. And you're the one who's trying to influence people to go in that direction. And then you're the team leader. That is where you make decisions. You're the guy who makes decisions. You have all the, all the uh, skills and knowledge of your particular field. Now, you don't have to go through this one, two, three, four, five, six. That's not the way I did it. I can tell you that. But this is a process of how it happens, okay, if you're working for a big company. I, I felt, then I started working for myself, I felt I never was a very good follower. Um, I was good with people. So, you know, when I talk to groups or in a group and get something done, I could get it done. Not because I was any smarter than anybody else. It's because everybody, 
you know, trusted me, liked me, knew I had their backs, they had my backs, and we all wanted to succeed. And so that's how that developed, and that made me a manager very early in my career because of my people skills. And I'll tell you what, you have to develop people skills. You can be the smartest person in the world, but if you don't demonstrate it in in your workplace or wherever in your life, how do people know that you are, you know, unless you don't want them to know. And that's possible. You know, you got engineers that are self, you know, contained, you know, the engineers, they're just, they love engineering. That's their whole world. You know, so, you know, and tech guys, you know, computer guys, you know, their whole world, they don't necessarily have to develop people skills. But if you're going to be in management, you have to develop people skills. That's my trivia question for today. So let's go ahead and take another call. Let's go to Don in Pleasant Pleasant Hill, California. Hi, Don. Hi there. Um, and then after all of that, you get to retire. Yeah. So, um, my uh, question isn't that the truth? Is is uh, yeah. I'm. I, I yes. Um, my question is Conical Phillips, COP. Uh, I'm building a uh, dividend portfolio, balanced dividend portfolio. And this is my very last peg to put in there. Okay. Uh, just curious of, of what price you would uh, suggest picking this up at. Are, are we looking at energy coming down or just, just going up? I think energy is going to stay elevated for a while. When I say a while, okay. a few a year or two years, two years. Uh, for us in the United States, because of politics, for the world, because economic growth is outstripping, you know, supply, the demand, is outstripping mm-hmm. supply. Um, if 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 there was a perfect world, Conical Phillips, COP, everybody, as a symbol, it, uh, it, it's seventy five dollars seventy five cents a share today. In a perfect world, I'd love to pick that up about sixty three, sixty four dollars. That's where there's lots of support. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. if it breaks above the 70, I'm going to say, what is that now? $77, you're just going to have to buy it because you know, it's, on, it's on a tear up <laughs> again. It's been had a, a very good run. I think you might get a pullback here. You might get the pullback, mm. and I think you could wait for it. Um, I think you can get it at a better price. It's uh, it's going to make seven dollars thirty nine cents next year per share. That's mm-hmm. a pretty darn good PE ratio, eleven PE for and range of seven to ninety two PE. Good cash flow, yeah. dividends very solid. They're having a great sales growth here in the last three quarters, over one hundred and fifty percent per quarter. So it's a pretty yeah. strong company, pretty strong. So uh, I think if you get wait for a pull, I'd wait for a pullback myself. If you if you because oil prices have just gone crazy and companies have gone up because of it. And I think yeah. I think they'll come off their highs here at some point. I, Don, appreciate the call. I hope you're right. Thank you yeah. very much. Thanks, Don. appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I saw over $5 a gallon for premium just the other day at some station here in California. Over $5 a gallon premium. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, consumer spending, we're at, we're, we're at $17 billion a quarter. Okay. Consumer spending. And that's now near the COVID highs. Okay. And this is the last two quarters, $17 billion. 
So still below the highest, though, which was a hundred which is like 123 billion in 2019. So it's not quite there for the year. It's not the highest yet, but we're getting close. So consumers are coming back. Now, when I look at this, I, I look at it with a jaundiced eye when I read these kind of reports, because I know, just as we talked about, oil and gas prices are really, really high. And how much of that spending is because they have to spend it? Because of gas in their cars. And going back to work and back to normal activities as much as possible. And, you know, gas in the cars really doesn't help the economy that much. I mean, more, just let me repeat that. Spending more money on gasoline just because gasoline's higher price doesn't really tell you the whole story of the health or weakness of the economy. So you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. And in the report I read reading this article, it did not. Okay, seventeen billion, but how much is how much is just because oil prices are high? I I, I, I want to see what core core spending is core. Not, that means exclude high price items or any transportation. That would be pretty good. Exclude all transportation costs because buying a car is retail sales. So you got to read these reports and these articles with kind of a critical eye, and you can't just read them and accept. Try to remember the person writing it usually has a point of view that he's trying to get across. And that may be a different point of view than you are interested in. You weren't, you know, so don't just take everything as a face value. Try to read it with a little bit of critical eye. Okay. Let's go to Owen in Northern California. Hi, Owen. Hi. I was wondering what you think about uh, DuPont de Nemours, Inc., ticker symbol DD. Okay. Do you buy it, or do you want to buy it, or you own it? I own it. Okay. Uh, manufactures plastic, chemical, agricultural products for the global food transportation and other markets. So it's a chemical basic. I like the sector uh, it's in. I do like that sector. They're going to make four dollars and twenty cents this year per share after making two dollars and thirty six cents last year. Then four ninety next year, and it's an eighty one dollar stock. So you're looking at it, what, 20, you know, 20, maybe close to a, uh, uh, 18 PE-ish, 17. Um, and the range is 8 to 31. So it's kind of in the middle. Pays a 1.5% dividend, pretty low return on equity of 4%. Don't care for that. They don't have a lot of debt, though. That's good. Uh, mutual funds have been... Just steady. There's been no more buying, no selling. And they own about 40% of the company, mutual funds and institutional investors, which is not bad. You want institutional investors in the company you're interested in. It's a $42 billion company, so it's big. So this is a big blue chip company that's trading about fair value right now. So I, if I was going to buy it, I'd probably want to wait for, for a pullback if I owned it, it's going to have a hard time getting above $86, $87. If it gets up there and hesitates to actually roll over, you might want to take some profits. That's it's a lot of resistance up in that area. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Owen. Thank you. That's D.D. DuPont. D. Moore's Inc. Next up, unless we get a live call, we will play a question that came in earlier from Denmark. That's next in one minute. Phone lines are open, everybody. 888-99-CHART. 
The inflation we are now experiencing in 2021 is disturbing and eerily reminiscent of what we went through in the 1970s. So, with inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free Invest Talk Wealth Webinar Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by Invest Talk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. At this Invest Talk Wealth Webinar, you'll learn about the historical precedents for inflationary periods how various asset classes perform in rising price environments, and the best opportunities for investment when interest rates rise. The InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, is free, but you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. Hello, this is uh, Yannick Sano from Denmark. Thanks for a great show. Listen to you often. I was wondering about a stock called Silo, ticker symbol ZG. Kathy Woods recently bought up the stock, and um, I was wondering uh, if you had some insights into why that m- might be. I can see the company doesn't uh, make any, uh, doesn't have any profits right now. Okay, thank you. Looking forward to hear your answer. Bye. Okay, that's Zillow. We talked about that. What happened? And they got squished because they got into real estate and they were not the expert in the real estate market. Yeah, they remember what the company does. They valued properties and they weren't that exact, but that's what they did. And they made a lot of money doing it because they valued every property in the United States. Then they got into buying properties and trying to flip them and they lost hundreds of millions of dollars. So now, you know, you can play the odds in that you think that maybe it's done going down. All the bad news is in because it's been falling steadily from $212 back uh, February over a year ago. And now it's here it is at $66. Okay, so you're, you're betting that this is finally washed out, that the losses are in. Um, and the, not for me. They're going to lose $0.90 cents a share this year. And then make $0.67 cents a share next year. But it's a $66 stock. I mean, that's 100 PE. Uh, now, sales growth has done well. But profits, I mean, everything's got to go back into profits. And I don't know. I don't know if all the bad news is built in yet. I really don't. So it's not. It's too risky for me at this point. I, I wouldn't do it because of, because of the bad news that they had. Okay, when people take the time to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by giving, getting their question quickly on the air. So let's get one now. Um, I have a question about Panasonic stock with the ticket symbol PCRFY. And just so you know, when a stock symbol ends in a Y, that means it's a foreign company. And it may be on our exchange as a ADR or may not. So uh, Panasonic is an ADR on our exchange. It's traded on over the counter. 
uh, exchange. So what is his question? Okay, I invested about 1% of my portfolio in it recently when I learned that Tesla is using their batteries. Should I keep it up and add more? I'm a little in doubt because they have a negative gain as of, because he's lost money. Okay, just because you have a negative gain on stock it has nothing to do with whether you should buy more, sell it, get rid of it. That's not a reason. Just because the stock went down after you bought it is not a reason unless you're just a trader and you're not an investor and you're basing movement, trading trading a stock based on movement. What you should do is look at the fundamentals. Panasonic Corporation, Japanese manufacturer of appliances, automotive, and industrial systems and solutions. They have a big battery firm. They make batteries. It's a $30 billion company. It's not small. They're going to make a dollar two next year. They make 94 cents this year is the estimate. Last year, they made 68 cents. Uh, the most they've ever made was a dollar ten a share in 2019. Um, sales have been kind of flat, kind of sporadic. Most recent quarter, sales were down 1%. The quarter before that, their sales were up 25%. So I, I need a good value on this. It's a $12 stock going to make a dollar two. So that tells you it's about a 12 PE. Okay. Uh, the lowest it's ever been is seven. Turn equity is not very strong at 7%. Um, for me, it has not enough. There's not enough catalyst for me to buy this, to think it should go higher. Uh, I, I wouldn't be an owner of Panasonic. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. Our work will continue right after this break. So get your questions in now 888 99 Chart. Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Good advice. Stick to a well thought out plan for carefully divvying up your money so no single calamity will destroy your portfolio. Want to talk about it? 888-99-CHART is how to get through right now. Do you have a trust or a will? You should. Whether you're young or older, without the proper instrument in place, your accumulated wealth is at risk if you become incapacitated or worse. Like many investors, you'll have questions about how best to create your will and trust. This Thursday, November 11th, Justin Klein will play a special will and trust expert interview segment on Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your finance and investment questions, 888-99-CHART. Yeah, this is Nathan from Texas, and I was calling about Warehouser, that is symbol W-Y, Forest Products Company, and one of the things that I was curious about is, would this be a good place to park an investment during a time of high inflation? The stock is at a high. They are in manufacturing, and I, I assume housing will slow this winter, but they're also uh, a holder of millions of acres of timberland. And so from a real estate standpoint, I wonder if it's, if it's a good place to purchase and put money during uh, this inflationary environment. I'll wait for your answer. Thanks. I'm, I'm, as a quick answer, I'll say no. Warehouser, W Y is a symbol, a REIT, the Real Estate Investment Trust, that owns and controls 14.1 million acres of long-term value timberlands 
and manufactures wood products. The reason why I'm saying no is because everybody looks forward. All investors look forward, okay? This company is going to make $3.29 a share. It's a $37 stock. And you would look at that and say, man, that's that's pretty reasonable price. That's pretty good. But next year, they're going to make $1.86, okay? And Weyerhaeuser does that. In 2018, they made 18 cents a share. 2019, $0.39 cents a share. And then $1.29. The last time they made a $1.29 share was 2014, and that was a dollar twenty-five, and then two thousand fifteen, it went to seventy-four cents. Why is that so erratic? It's because of the nature of the timberland. They have to wait till these trees mature. They these are long-term investments, and then they have to they take the crop. They may not take it this year or next year because wood products, wood raw wood, might be too inexpensive. So they'll wait. There's nothing wrong with waiting for the timber to mature more. So it, they manage those those products. But, you know, supply and demand, we had a great supply and demand situation for them with wood being very high cost. And they that's why they make $3.29 this year, which is really, you know, unusual. So the stock is $37. That's about as high as it ever gets. It's gone up above 40 once in the last four or five years. But this is about a peak. So I, I wouldn't be a buyer here. Doesn't pay enough dividend, 1.8%. Manson owns 1%. Mutual funds have been slowly buying. They own about 54% of them. So I, I, it's not for me because even though I like the commodity space, I don't think they have a lot of upside potential, even with inflation. Even with inflation. Okay. 888 chart, 888-992-4278. Okay. China property falters again this week. Uh, a company, fresh, uh, the, the fresh pounding of the China property sector, talking about builders basically across the country. On uh, Tuesday, a company called Kaza, K-A-I-Z-A, Kaza Group, is, has made a desperate plea for financial help. They are need money badly to pay some of their debt. Remember, we talked about Evergrande, Evergrande, or whatever they call it, a few weeks ago, and they had $350 billion, and they were having a hell of a time. And China at that time, uh, the government asked other companies to buy some of their properties so that Evergrande could have some cash to pay some of its bonds. Well, now this company, Kaza, is the 25th largest builder in China. It needs money badly. So I guarantee you that the Chinese government is going to support this they'll not let other companies they'll probably make like japan did way back in 19 late 1980s they made their stronger companies buy their weaker companies i could see the same thing type of thing happen in china or china will just fund them to try to save as many as they, these builders as they can even though some of them should go under they may let a few go under that wouldn't be a bad thing but the, our worry is is it's going to spread to us here in the united states I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about the free podcast. Get your free downloads anytime you want at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On iTunes, you can rate us, and we would appreciate that if that's how you download. 
Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1 800 557 5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24 hour listening line at 888 99 Chart.